Jason Grayson. Welcome back to One on One with the Canon Podcast Show, brought to you by WCANmedia.com, which is right for today and ready for tomorrow. With me in the podcast studio is my co-host Jack Hall, and he has a guest, and they will have a great conversation in reference to something very important. All of this and much more right here on One on One with the Canon Podcast Show, coming up right after this. My name is Tierney Grayson, Chief of Talent Affairs and Programming for WCAN-TV and Discovery Channel Portal Producer, Wayne Fitzpatrick. If you are a business or a company looking for a high quality production studio to meet your commercial advertising needs, look no further than WCAN-TV because tomorrow's services are here today. For more information, please contact our office at tvwcan at yahoo.com. Again, that's tvwcan at yahoo.com. WCAN-TV, the better choice. Russ Van Warmer here at wcanradio.com. Join me every Monday night from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we will talk about everything and anything. You can get involved by downloading the WCAN Radio app. Just visit the Apple or Google store to download for your mobile devices. That's Monday nights from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on WCANradio.com. Good afternoon, Wayne. How are you doing today? Hi, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great and uh, excited to continue about talking about this topic is sextortion and specifically adolescent relationships to sextortion. And this is, uh, as you're well aware, fourth in our series of podcasts that we've had on the topic. And I am very, very proud to have with me in the studio today, Shelby Asbill from Highland Springs. And uh, Shelby has been involved in the um, behavioral health industry. I guess we'll call it that because uh, it has developed, as we learned from our last podcast, into an accepted program in order to be able to uh, share our thoughts, feelings, and talk about things that are important to all of us and getting parents involved. And uh, Shelby, though, before we get into the specific topics, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your relationship with Highland Springs? Absolutely. Um, And thank you for having me. I am currently the Director of Clinical Services at Highland Springs. I oversee all of the adult inpatient units currently. I have a pretty diverse background over the past decade in the mental health field. I have worked in corrections with the homeless population, doing crisis intervention, individual therapy. I also spent a number of years supervising adolescent inpatient and outpatient. So when I came into Highland Springs, I actually first started overseeing our adolescent outpatient program in Solon. Oh, perfect. In our prior show, uh, you're co-worker Chloe Dean was on, and we were starting to hit on the topic in regards to these issues with social media, specifically now sextortion, which is becoming a horrific topic that's affecting families increasingly more. But specifically, and I didn't get to cover this in detail with Chloe, but how is now sextortion specifically affecting adolescents? And have you seen a rise in teen depression and suicide? Chloe hinted on that, but what specifically have you seen how this is affecting adolescents and their families. So over the years, I've absolutely seen a rise in adolescent and teenage mental health issues, including depression, um, suicidal thoughts, and even completed suicides, which is absolutely horrific. 
I think that with the sexual extortion, it definitely brought it up a level. Their self-esteem is being affected. You know, they're feeling worthless, hopeless, and terrified to be in the community, terrified to approach their families and their peers, um, which, you know, impacts their daily life in several different ways, whether it's something small like taking a shower or something larger, missing, you know, significant periods of school. So it's definitely made its impact. Now, um, on our prior podcast before you guys had joined us in this one and the one before, we had talked about the reporting of sextortion cases, the investigations of sextortion cases. And when we look at that, what makes these cases more significant or more acute than dealing with maybe bullying, peer pressure and things like that? I think in that regard, it's a lot more terrifying to an adolescent to report something like this because they they feel that they might get in significant legal trouble. Mm -hmm. They're going to be stigmatized by their family, by their friends, by their teachers, you know, all of their support system, which causes them to become more withdrawn. I know in my experience, I've seen a lot of adolescents feel that once they come out with this information, you know, they feel that they're very at fault for it. Well, I could have prevented this. And in all seriousness, they really can't. There's people out there grooming them specifically for this information. And it spirals so much into such a bigger deal for them that it just becomes higher and higher risk as it goes. You know, we, we hear a lot and we've talked about it before in regards to a catastrophic incident will happen, such as a school shooting, some type of act of violence that happens in a mass way. And a lot of people will say, well, the signs were there. This could have been prevented if somebody would have either said this or that. And you just mentioned that sometimes these are not so easy to be preventable. Can you expand on that a little bit? So I think it's very individualized. There are a lot of warning signs, you know, that we could pick up on. I think Chloe had mentioned before in the previous podcast about giving things away and mood swings and, you know, changes in demeanor. But sometimes they're really not that forward. Mm -hmm. They're a little bit more difficult um, because adolescents are hiding things. You know, they're keeping a lot of things to themselves and within, you know, a privacy realm that they're not sharing. So it can be a little tricky to pick up on them. I think that Education plays a big part in that as far as the community and parents as well. I think, you know, as mental health has come so far in the past decade or two, which is phenomenal, the education piece can still be bettered and, you know, more prominent within our communities, in our schools. Um, I know Highland Springs has taken a huge leap in that, offering periodic parent series to assist parents with this education and getting them on board to recognize some of these more difficult signs. And this education, exactly what we're trying to do in this podcast is to make and raise awareness in regarding sextortion and the relationship between adolescents so we can lessen or hopefully eliminate uh, these major depression cases, suicide that's happening. But you raise an interesting thing, and I know we had talked about before that we're looking at the state through the governor and lieutenant governor's office passing legislation to have parental consent to be able to have anybody under the age of 16 engaged in social media. So the parents are there now. They're, they're going to be looking at being involved. But you had hinted to something earlier about the friends and peer support. And, you know, a lot of times some of these things are not so obvious to report to parents, law enforcement. But how important, especially when we talk about there are things that are secrets out there, 
How important is the peer support in preventing major depression or suicide from sextortion? I think peer support is extremely important. When you have a positive support system, you know, even with an adolescent and just their their social circle, you know, it it allows them to feel more comfortable coming forward with things that they might not feel comfortable talking to an adult about, you know, and as we're educating peers and adolescents within the community, they might feel more comfortable saying, hey, you really need to go to a trusted adult and let them know what's going on and really normalize that for the adolescent or teenager that's going through that ordeal. Um, so I think, you know, along with educating the adults in the community, educating this all the way down, you know, through the grade schools is equally as important. Letting these children and adolescents know these are steps that you can take if you or a friend are experiencing some of these different issues or, you know, somebody's harassing you or bullying you and making it a more normalized behavior. Correct. And from our uh, prior podcast, we had uh, Ken on from Digital Forensics, and he had even talked about that sometimes their business will take calls directly from the adolescents, because I think even Chloe alluded to this, too, in the last podcast, that adolescents will start doing their own online research to try to probably fix the problem themselves. And I know Ken did make the comment about that they do talk to the adolescent and they try to say, you have to have parental involvement in this. Is there anything that we can look at between the investigative end of this, the mental health end of this, and to put that communication out there or to make something available of where do you go for help? Absolutely. Again, I think that with educating through all ages, you know, we can certainly let them know, hey, you know, this is what you're going to expect when you're approaching law enforcement. And that kind of brings in that component as well, educating different resources in the community so we can continue the conversation with the adolescents and the children. I think with a constant conversation and communication about these topics, it's going to be a lot more comfortable for them to hear, hey, we really need your family, you know, your guardian, your parent involved because it is going to become more of a normalized expectation for them. Right. And um, getting law enforcement involved in that as well. We have a lot of resources that are available, but a lot of times you'll have deputies and police officers saying, look, we're, we're running from call to call to call. And right now we are probably at the pinnacle point in our history that we are down. We, we have a lot of people who don't want to go into the profession anymore. We're having a difficult time recruiting and retaining police officers. So the police officers that are on the job now, what would be your message to them in order to work with, you know, someone such as yourself or even the private investigators that are working on this? How, how do we bring this all together? Well, I know something that Highland Springs has done is really form some great bonds and relationships with our local law enforcement, which has shown tenfold, you know, our ability to work in tandem for the better health and wellness for the people in our community continuously educating themselves on mental health procedures and not being afraid or hesitant to reach out to a resource such as Highland Springs or another mental health you know, agency or resource in the community, making sure that it's a comfort zone for everybody. And the more that we build that teamwork and cooperation, I think we're going to see a really great increase in community members, adolescents, teenagers, parents, being able to coordinate that a little bit better. Even if a law enforcement personnel is not maybe the first person that could assist with something, knowing and having those relationships will better help them guide that person to the next step. 
You know, the relationship part of it is the interesting part that you bring up, because I'm sure in your field, you have continuing education credits that you have to get every year. We have continuing professional training credits that we have to get every year. And I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of times the topic of mental health comes up or this topic will come up. And it's like we get a 60 minute video Mm -hmm. that we have to watch. And it's like, okay, play the 60 minute video. We have other things that we're doing that are going on and that's playing in the background. And we wait for our three, five, eight questions to come up at the end of the video. And hopefully we answer them right and pass with an 80 percent. All right. What did we learn from that? It's it's difficult. So from what I hear you saying is, is that if we can forge those personal relationships, that if they go to training with you, if this is something that Highland Springs offers law enforcement, then Shelby, are you saying that you're available for a phone call or something that too, when an officer's like, hey, I'm stuck on this and this is an issue that we're facing? Absolutely. Anybody can contact us 24-7. We have staff available, um, you know, for patients seeking help, for community agencies seeking help, or even just guidance. Uh, If you have questions, concerns, anything, please do not hesitate. Okay. And I think we'll get that at the end of the podcast and also on our website to get that information out there too. That's one of the things that from my personal experience, you know, there's a big difference in between watching a video that the state puts out and says, hey, this is how you handle a sextortion case, or this is how you handle interaction with an adolescent besides having that resource to be able to pick up the phone and say, hey, Shelby, this is actually what I have because the the video is not going to do justice on how you're going to interact with somebody. Every individual is an individual. Every situation is going to be individually related to that. None of them are going to be the same. And so being able to have that professional outreach and resource that an officer can pick up a phone and say, this is beyond me and I need a little bit of help on this. And you're saying that you're willing to come in and assist with that. Absolutely. We would be more than happy to. um, You know, we are all on the same team at the end of the day to keep our community safe, to keep the patrons in our community safe and each other safe. And I certainly agree. And I couldn't have said it any better myself. And we will have that information available at the end of the podcast on our website, WCAN's website as well. Well, Shelby, I want to thank you for coming in today, sharing this information with us and uh, giving some hope to all of us that we can make the community better, that we can lessen the effects that sextortion is having on adolescents, especially with increased depression and suicide rates. And hopefully we can take this information, build a better community and lessen those occurrences and hopefully eliminate it altogether. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please direct all correspondence to canonpodcast at yahoo.com. It has been said, may all your days be happy and bright, and the future belong to those who believe in their dreams. Until all the one, take care. Mm-hmm.